you're here for the first time, uh, I'm the worship pastor here, and Brother Jimmy is out and has asked me to share this morning. And we're going to keep in lines with what we've been studying through. Uh, it would be something Jimmy would do is to stick me with uh, the topic of pride, which pride is just a big, big area. And as um, I was studying the text and, and looking at it, you know, it's just a, a small section in First Corinthians, but it is a massive area that uh, affects all areas of our life and things that we may be challenged with uh, in pride. And so uh, just want to thank you for the opportunity to share and just pray that in just a few minutes we'll go to the Lord, that God will speak through me and will speak to your hearts today as we look at the topic of pride. Uh, if I asked you this morning, um, if you've had a conversation with somebody ever that is always bragging or always tries to one-up you, um, would you know what I was talking about? Uh, you know what I'm talking about? The person that, that maybe, maybe you're talking about your golf game, uh, how far you can drive a ball. Uh, that person, though, that you're talking to seems to be better than what you do. Maybe you're, you know, you're 100 yards, 150, 200. I don't play golf, obviously, so I don't know what a normal driving range would be. But a couple hundred yards and somebody says, well, I can do better than that. Uh, maybe it's fishing. You know, you say, well, I, I caught a fish that was, uh, you know, about this big, about 10 pounds. And your person you're talking to, they say, well, well, mine was actually 12 pounds that I caught. And so they're always, they're always one-upping you and doing better than you did. And, and for ladies, maybe it's jewelry. Maybe your husband bought you a nice uh, set of diamond earrings and you're showing those off. You say, see my, see my beautiful diamond earrings that uh, my husband bought me? And then another lady says, well, look at the diamond watch that, that I have. And, and so it's that kind of bragging and boasting uh, attitude that uh, Paul is going to be addressing, we're going to talk about this morning. It, it could even be um, somebody's physical uh, appearance, their body, and, and maybe they uh, wear clothing that's not appropriate, but it kind of exposes things, and, and they're kind of boastful about how they look. And so there's a lot of areas that, that pride can get into. Um, again, if I ask you to raise your hand, if you knew somebody that was boastful or prideful, I would guess that everybody in here could raise their hand. Unless, of course, you are that individual. Several weeks ago, we, we began this series called Love Real. It was to carry us through this summer out of 1 Corinthians. And, and just to give you a little history of the church in Corinth, what was going on there, uh, this was a church that Paul was involved with, uh, the Apostle Paul. And he was in uh, Ephesus, and he hears about these divisions that are going on uh, of the, in the church in Corinth. Uh, there's some divisions going on. There's, there's immorality that's taking place uh, that the church had not dealt with. They had just kind of left it, left it alone and, and wasn't, they were not really addressing it. Um, there were believers that were taking others to court, uh, letting pagans rule on spiritual matters uh, in the church. And um, the particular sin that is going on is pride. And so Paul is addressing that, and, and we come to the heart of the letter of Corinthians, and that's where we are in 1 Corinthians 13. It's right in the middle of the letter because he writes this back to them to communicate and, and, and tell them how to deal with these things. And, and we learned that our first week, love is patient. He says love is kind. It does not envy. We looked at that. And now here we are this week looking at it does not boast and it is not proud. Love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud. 
Would you join with me as we go to the Lord this morning? Father, uh, it's always such a privilege to, uh, and an honor, God, to, to teach your word and, and to share scripture. Uh, Lord, I pray that you will speak through me. Uh, Lord, help us to understand that uh, some of us may have some areas of pride that we need to deal with this morning. Uh, Lord, uh, it was obviously a problem with the church in Corinth. Uh, Lord, it was important enough to be in your word. And so, Father, I believe it may be a problem for us today that some of us need to look at. And, and Lord, just to simply repent and ask you to take over and to cleanse us from that and to strive to live a holy life. Uh, Lord, you speak through this time, and we'll give you praise and honor and glory for that. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Looking at the definition of the word boast in the Greek language, uh, basically just means to boast oneself. Uh, It's a self-display, employing rhetorical embellishments and extolling oneself excessively. Another translation in God's Word says, It vaunteth not itself. Uh, It literally, this phrase means, does not make a parade, uh, does not draw attention to itself or to what it is doing. Uh, This kind of person would be patting themselves on the back, um, and that kind of gives a picture of the word boast. Uh, The word brag, or it's not proud, is uh, defined as being arrogant. Um, It's to inflate, like you would see with a balloon, to to blow up, to cause to swell, to puff up, uh, to make proud. Um, See, love is not arrogant or proud, but it realizes that all it has and all that it is has been given to it by God. Bragging is an outward manifestation of pride. The bragger tries to impress others of his great accomplishments in order to make himself look good. But love isn't trying to build me up. Love is trying to build up others. If love is not boastful or proud, then we could say the opposite of that. We would say love is what? Humble. Not boastful and proud, but it's humble. The humble, loving person is aware that everything he has is undeserved, is an undeserved gift from God. So he doesn't boast, but thankfully uses what God has given to serve others. No matter how great our talents may be or how spectacular our gifts are, everything that we have, everything that we are, is a direct result of God's divine grace. I'm, I'm going to look at a couple of passages uh, in Corinthians, to kind of address what Paul was talking about when he summed it up here in 1 Corinthians thirteen four, And so I want us to look at some different areas of pride and, and then kind of look at how uh, that could get into the church and affect us today so that we can deal with that uh, respectively. So the first area is, if you want to take notes and write this down, would be pride and leadership. Pride and leadership. And the text that I'm looking at to support this is 1 Corinthians 4, 6. So if you want to flip over a little bit to uh, earlier in the chapter, or in the book, 1 Corinthians 4, 6. I'll give you just a second and read that for you. Now these things, brethren, I have figuratively applied to myself and Apollos for your sakes, that in us... You might learn not to exceed what is written in order that no one of you might become arrogant. There it is, that that word we're talking about, pride. Might become arrogant in behalf of one against the other. 
What Paul is talking about is what had happened with the church in Corinth. Is they had started to kind of form these divisions, if you will, and, and uh, people were saying, you know, I, I kind of like what Paul is teaching. I'm, I'm kind of fond of that, and, and that's who I want to go listen to. And then over here you had a group of people that were saying, you know, I, I kind of like Apollos. I'd rather go listen to what he has to say. And so this, this pride attitude amongst the people started to cause these divisions in the fellowship. And, and you may think, well, that's, you know, that's not going to happen current in modern times. But I would challenge you to think that it very possibly could. Uh, we have a structure where we have small groups, and so we have grace groups, we have Bible studies. And it could be a situation where you go and you sit under one teacher and you say, you know, or leader, facilitator, and you're like, you know, I, I don't like them. I would rather go over to this person's group and uh, sit and be a part of that, that group. And, and if you're not careful, you start to form these groups and, and you start to gossip and, and talk bad about the other individual. Uh, believe it or not, I don't think it's in this fellowship, but uh, it could have to do with style of music. You could say, um, you know, I, I just don't like traditional music or I just don't like contemporary music. And that pride just kind of wells up inside. And, and you don't want to have a spirit of humility. You don't, want to, you don't want to just humble yourself before God and accept that people are different. And, and that God is to be honored and glorified in all that's done. And he's the one that should receive the glory. And it's not about us. And, and see, it can happen, and it did happen in 1 Corinthians 4, 6. That, that leadership problem came up with the people starting to choose side. and so sides, and Paul was addressing that. We shouldn't be proud. Instead, we should have a spirit of humility. Uh, love is humble. I mentioned that earlier, asking you the opposite of pride. And I want to share with you some biblical examples of people in God's Word that were great leaders, but they were very humble. Uh, Abraham, for example, he said, Now I behold, I have ventured to speak to the Lord, although I am but dust and ashes. Here is an example we see where he recognizes his own humility in comparison with God Almighty. Now you have Moses. Moses said, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh, that I should bring the sons of Israel out of Egypt? Another example of, of humility there with a leader. John the Baptist, when invited by the Lord to, to baptize Christ, he said, I have need to be baptized of thee, and thou comest to me. Another example of humility. He also said he wasn't even um, worthy to, to do his shoes, if you remember reading that. Uh, it's a tremendous display of humility that John the Baptist had. Peter, another example. He said, depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. Great examples of leadership that... As a humility, a spirit of humility and not a prideful attitude. So we see first the, the spirit of pride in the leadership that took place, the division that was taking place uh, that Paul was addressing. Uh, I want to look at another passage, 1 Corinthians 5.2. 1 Corinthians 5.2, just look right there. It's probably another page or two. And here we have the pride of sin or in sin that Paul is, is addressing. It says, And you have become arrogant 
and have not mourned. Instead, in order that the one who had done this deed might be removed from your midst. What, what Paul's talking about here, there had been a sin committed, uh, an immoral, immoral sin, sexual immoral sin that had been committed, and the church had not dealt with it. Uh, they had let it go. Uh, they had actually taken pride in the fact that, that they had not dealt with it. They were glad to go on. They were glorying in that and kind of uh, just not concerned about it. And, and the, danger is it, the danger is in that this, this sinner, he thinks his singular action um, was not affecting the whole congregation when, in fact, it was. Uh, none of the people in the church at the time, it seems, understood how his sin was having a damaging effect upon them as a corporate body. We have to begin to think in the terms of what Paul writes about in God's Word, that we are one body. Uh, Each part does and how it does affects the overall efficiency and the effectiveness and the purity of the whole. In Corinth, it played a major role in puffing up, confusing, and dividing the congregation. We talked about that already. And the final result was it jeopardized the spiritual health of the overall. Um, we have to be careful of that. You know, as a church, um, we address sin that we're made aware of. And, and it's not an easy thing to do. But we can't continue on uh, going our merry way and just pretend that things are okay if we're aware of something in an area that uh, there's sin. We can't take pride in that and just go on and live life like it's okay because it does affect the entire body. Uh, Paul talks about that. The body of Christ, you may be a part of the body and you may see yourself as a a pinky or something, something minimal. But every single person that is a part of the body of Christ is significant. And it's important to realize that that pride, if we're not careful, can get destructive and tear things apart and, and cause division in the body. So we see the pride in the leadership. We see the pride and sin that was taking place. And then one other passage I want us to look at. 1 Corinthians 8.1. Just flip over there. And again, the reason I'm looking at these is because this was one letter that was written. First and 2 Corinthians. There's two letters. But 1 Corinthians is a letter that Paul wrote back to the church in Corinth addressing these things. And I believe that the passage we've been looking at uh, in 1 Corinthians 13 just kind of sums up everything and it talks about pride and um, this one in 1 Corinthians 8 1 let me read it for you it says now concerning things sacrificed to idols we know that all that we all have knowledge knowledge makes arrogant but love edifies this is pride and knowledge pride and knowledge I have a good friend of mine that uh He's got his doctorate degree and great, great person. I love him. But some of the perception that that he puts off sometimes is that because he has this degree um, and it's a doctorate degree, then then he comes across a little bit higher than others, if you know what I mean. So when you interact with them, um, that knowledge has kind of gone to their head. And uh, it's just a perception. But... You know what they say about perception. Perception is reality a lot of times. But knowledge and having pride in it. You know, just because God may have shown us something in his word, 
that somebody else doesn't know yet. Or God has shown us something in his word that's helped us and we've grown to a certain level spiritually that maybe another person is not quite there yet. There's no excuse to be boastful or prideful and say, you know, look at me, I've arrived. I have this knowledge and and look what God's done in my life. We need to have that spirit of humility, remembering that uh, other people are on journeys too. And and they're at different levels spiritually. And uh, just because we have that knowledge... It doesn't give us an excuse to be prideful. Uh, Dr. Simon Kaismaker, he has a quote that I want to share with you. He says this about knowledge. He says, without love, knowledge degenerates into obnoxious arrogance. With love, it is a valuable asset. Arrogance is inflated selfishness, while love is genuine humility. Arrogance is devoid of love, and love is devoid of arrogance. Indeed, both are mutually exclusive. You know, this particular sin of the knowledge, pride and knowledge, it was actually the sin that led Satan to separate from God. He became puffed up about himself. Likewise, the Corinthians were puffed up about how much they knew. Satan thought so much of himself that he became twisted in his thinking and he attacked God. And we may not do that Directly, we may not attack God directly, but Corinthians shows us that we attack each other if we're not careful. We attack each other through gossip, through rumors, uh, accusations, and things of that nature. We may begin to draw up a list in our mind of the faults of those who have offended us, and we begin to withdraw from them. You know, if somebody rubs you the wrong way, then you think, I, I, don't, I don't care for them too much, and, and so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just kind of back away and stay in my own little area. Uh, maybe we don't associate, him, associate with them anymore. Uh, this division begins to occur because that individual offended us. We may say to ourselves, uh, well, they're mean to me, or they aren't intelligent enough to hang around me, or they're peculiar or they have strong opinions about unimportant things. If we're not careful, Satan can lead our minds to find reasons to not associate with others, reasons that have nothing to do with sin. If those feelings continue, we may eventually come to the place where we will withdraw from the fellowship together completely. And most of the time, it won't happen quickly. It's usually a gradual thing that happens. Perhaps you you stop attending Bible study or you begin to find reasons not to come to the worship services or maybe you're going to be coming in late and you're going to sneak out early because you don't want to associate with certain individuals. In this way, Satan is slowly but surely moving us towards self-indulgence rather than love. We talk about pride and having an image of ourselves, and we all have an image of, of who we are and, and how we carry ourselves. And We tend to think of ourselves in a certain way, a persona that we want to project to others. And that's not a bad thing. It's not wrong. Because we love God and we have a relationship with Christ, we should greatly desire to project to others an image of him that is pleasing to him. What is wrong, though, is that too often the image we project 
has its basis in some area of pride. Most of us do not really understand exactly what image we project to others. In other words, we often do not succeed in projecting the impression that we want others to have of us. For instance, it is easy for a person to think he's projecting an image of one who is serious or quiet when the reality is that others consider them to be stern and condemning. You know what I'm talking about here? Uh, you know, you may think of yourself as, as coming across a certain way, and we all kind of like to think, well, I'm a kind person or I'm, I'm a humble person. And we all have this image that we think we're putting off, but we really don't know uh, what we look like to other people. It, it would be a good thing to ask your spouse, say, hey, how am I in my uh, image that I'm projecting to the people in our church, the people in our community? Uh, you know, ask a good friend, how, how am I when I interact with people? Because you want to have an image of Christ and not a prideful, boastful attitude. As I mentioned earlier, the problem is mo- in most of this image projecting is that it is driven by pride. And, and we know that from Scripture, God resists the proud. Why do you think God is so against pride? A person that is infected by this deadly quality so admires themselves that they're unaware of their lack of more important qualities. Here's the danger. They can be so preoccupied with their self-proclaimed goodness that they never realize that they have any sin from which they need to be saved. And therefore, they will not be corrected. They kind of have the attitude that they are above it all. James 4, 6 says, God opposes the proud, but shows favor to the humble. 1 Peter 5, 6 says to humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. And in due time, he will exalt you. Pride is a big, big deal. And a big sin that many of us, if we were honest with one another, have a little bit of it in us. And it's a challenge to come to grips with that and You know, it's Father's Day today, and maybe you don't have a real good relationship with your father. Sometimes Father's Day is a a tough day for people. You know, maybe your your dad didn't treat you like you think you were supposed to be treated, and, and maybe he was wrong. But with pride being a sinful area that can attack us and divide us, I would encourage you today to take the higher road. And come to the Lord and ask God to help you with that because it's God's desire that our relationships are solid and intact. And just because maybe your father didn't do what he was supposed to do, you still love him. You still honor him because that's what Scripture would want you to do. Maybe you have a child that has done you wrong and and was rebellious and and didn't live like they were supposed to live and and you're bitter about that. And you've allowed pride to well up in you. And you're like, I'm, I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to call them. I was talking to some friends uh, this week. And um, there's some issues that they're dealing with with parents. And their attitude was, 
you know what, right now, I'm not calling her. And the parent, based on the story I was told, seemed to be at fault. But the higher road is to allow pride to dwindle down, allow the Holy Spirit to give you the, the power of love. And love your children, even if they were doing something that has offended you or upset you. Welcome them back. Love them. And don't let pride get in the way. It's a dangerous, dangerous sin. Just to share a a personal testimony about uh, my father. Um, When I was growing up, my mom and dad separated. And um, I was was very bitter at my dad and and very, uh, I guess, just disappointed. And just kind of like, you know... He didn't do what he was supposed to do. And I would hear these other great men of God when they would preach. You know, they would talk about how much their, their dad inspired them and encouraged them and loved them. And I just didn't feel that way. I was like, well, I don't, you know, my dad left. And, and as I became a man, the Holy Spirit convicted me one time during my quiet time and showed me that I had let pride get in my life. And I had become so proud of me that I didn't want to let let that go and, and just love my dad in spite or regardless of what happened. And and God used that time in my life and by no means have I arrived, okay? I don't want to give that image that we talked about putting an image out there. But the Holy Spirit showed me that because of pride in my heart, that I had put a wall in between the relationship of my dad. Now, did my dad know how I felt? Absolutely not. He didn't know. He was going on with his life. I was going on with my life. But the Holy Spirit showed me, said, Rick, you need to ask God to forgive you for this boastful attitude. Take the higher road and love your dad no matter what. And so I share that to share that pride can be in all of our lives. And it's something that needs to be dealt with because when I ask God to forgive me of that and to cleanse my heart of that sin, even though I felt like I didn't do anything wrong, but I had the prideful heart, I asked God to cleanse me and forgive me for that. Today, my father and I, we have a, a tremendous relationship. Has a whole lot changed? Not really. We go visit, I hang out with my dad, I sit there, we don't say a whole lot, but in my heart, There's nothing there. There's no wedge driving anything between us that separates us. And so from that experience, I want to encourage you to deal with pride in whatever area it may be with. We mentioned uh, your dad, parents, children. Maybe it's a friend of yours, somebody that you work with or uh, something like that, somebody that's your neighbor. Uh, Maybe they've offended you in some way and and you've allowed pride to get in there and, and to put a wedge between that relationship. I want to encourage you as we close today, uh, bring that to the Lord and allow God to help you with that. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. 